This is Anki part 31. So what is the next step in the management of the patient with prior preterm delivery without preterm labor? So prior preterm delivery history is there, but right now this patient is not having any kind of labor features. So what are we going to do? So the diagnosis of this patient could be cervical insufficiency. Because of that, there was a previous preterm delivery, but uh, treatment we will give prophylactic circlage. Okay, now. Let's talk about the management of the overall preterm prevent birth prevention. So whenever a case of preterm delivery comes to you, like a patient is having a history that uh, last pregnancy he had a preterm birth. So in that situation, you will see whether it is there or not. So if he says that yes, he had a previous uh, preterm delivery, then you will see whether it was associated with painful contraction or not. If it was associated with painful contraction, that is the prior preterm labor as well, then you will give intramuscular 17 hydroxyprogesterone to that patient. But if it say if the person says that it was not associated with painful contraction, that means it's a case of cervical insufficiency and you need to give prophylactic circlage. But if the patient has no history of preterm delivery, then second trimester transvaginal ultrasonography is done for the measurement of the cervical length. And if you see that cervical length is normal, then routine care is done. And if cervical length is shorter, that is less than 2.5 centimeter at 24 weeks of gestation, then you will give vaginal progesterone. So this is the algorithm how you treat a case of preterm birth prevention. Now, patient with positive group B culture at 36 to 38 weeks of gestation, what are we going to do? You'll give intrapartum penicillin prophylaxis for GBS coverage. Postpartum management of gestational diabetes mellitus. So you will check uh, fasting blood glucose as 22, 24 to 20, 72 hours, like you can say three days, and uh, two hour 75 milligram glucose tolerance test, which is done at six to 12 weeks, that is 12 weeks, that is three months. And if screening is negative, then you have to repeat it every three year interval. So remember the mnemonic as three days, three months, three years for postpartum management of gestational diabetes mellitus. Now, pregnant patient with positive group, uh, group B streptococcus culture plus penicillin allergy, how are you going to manage? You can't give the penicillin now. So the next thing which you can give here is if there was just allergy, not anaphylaxis, then that this patient was having only milder symptoms, then you can go for cephalosporin group, that is cefazolin. But if there is high risk, that is severe symptoms, then you will go for dual sensitivity testing of GBS for both clindamycin and erythromycin. Okay. And if you are done with the dual sensitivity testing of clindamycin and erythromycin, if a patient is sensitive to both, then you can give clindamycin prophylaxis. If, if a patient is resistant to any one of them, then you will not give any of them. Like you will not give either the clindamycin or not the clindamycin, not this erythromycin then you will go for vancomycin okay so it's a whole lot of uh, whole lot of thing so see a patient comes to you gbs prophylaxis you did rectovaginal culture you see that the case uh, case is positive for gbs now you can think of giving penicillin but on asking you got that this patient had penicillin allergy you have an option whether this allergy was mild or he landed up into an anaphylaxis if it was mild, then you'll go for cefazolin. If it was high risk, like anaphylaxis, then you'll do dual sensitivity testing for GBS, for clindamycin and erythromycin. If patient is sensitive to both, like 
it can be killed with both the clindamycin and erythromycin you will use only clindamycin but if the patient is resistant to any of them then you will not give both of them you'll not also you will not even give not uh, nothing you will give okay in that case you have to give another drug which is vancomycin hmm because required additional neonatal observation and evaluation after giving vancomycin indication for using nsaids in management of migraine prophylaxis so when you will give nsaids it's given only when both aristoprenophen and low potency opioid drugs do not work or do not improve the condition mainly used in second trimester only okay pregnant patient with positive gbs viral penicillin allergy what drug you'll give cefazolin pregnant patient with uh, severe anaphylaxis reaction and now is sensitive to both clindamycin and erythromycin what will you give now clindamycin and if it is uh, resistant to any of them you'll give vancomycin most appropriate option for the management of intrauterine fetal demise are more than 34 weeks of gestation induction of labor for vaginal delivery yeah severe penicillin allergy go for dual sensitivity testing of gbs for both clindamycin and erythromycin indication for cell free dna testing when are you going to do cell free dna testing if maternal age is more than equal to 35 also if there is abnormal maternal serum screening test any kind of serum screening test such as alpha fetoprotein beta hcg uh, ppa papp all these things then you will do cell free dna testing if uh, sonographic finding are associated with any kind of fetal aneuploidy like there is no head or something like that rocobatafin or nacal lucency then you again you will go for cell free dna testing prior pregnancy with fetal aneuploidy then also in this pregnancy you'll go for cell free dna testing and parental if you see there is parental balanced robertsonian translocation this is again an indication so total there are five indication age less than 35 sorry more than 35 abnormal metal serum screening test and uh, abnormal sonographic finding of for aneuploidy and uh, prior pregnancy with aneuploidy in paternal balanced robertsonian translocation this cell free dna testing is done after the 10th week of gestation okay next is retraction of the head into the maternal perineum after delivery is a sign of it is a sign that there is a shoulder dystocia okay so remember this point pregnant patient positive gbs severe penicillin allergy do a sensitivity testing was done for both clindamycin and erythromycin you see there is a resistance to one of them next drug of choice is vancomycin why there is no neonatal hypoxic injury in preeclampsia so in preeclampsia there is no neonatal hypoxic injury because it's a chronic chronic condition okay so in chronic conditions there uh, the body get usually gets adapt okay uh, adaptive and fetus also adapts itself and there is a uh, shunting there are few various circulation formed which uh, continuously provide brain the oxygen so it is kind of a brain sparing injury okay so in preeclampsia you won't see brain injury or neonatal hypoxia instead instead of in case of abrupt placenta you'll see that there is acute onset and it could lead to neonatal hypoxic injury indication for use of cefazolin as intrapartum penicillin uh intrapartum prophylaxis for gbs it is when there is penicillin milder allergy what is contractions test testing you see that uh, there is external fetal heart rate monitoring due to spontaneous or induced uterine contraction normal results of uh, contraction stress testing is that 
no late for recurrent uh, variable deceleration nothing kind of deceleration is there abnormal if there is any kind of late decelerations for more than equal to 50 percent of the time 50 percent of the contraction time okay indication for using clindamycin as a intrapartum prophylaxis for gbs it is used when there is a groupy penicillin culture positive and there is severe penicillin allergy and you see on dual uh, testing for clindamycin and erythromycin both are sensitive then you give clindamycin patient present with morbid adherent placenta after the fetal delivery what is the next step of the management now you won't try to like manually extract the placenta okay instead you will just simply go for emergency cesarean hysterectomy with in situ placenta okay so you just remove it directly emergency cesarean hysterectomy that too you remove the whole 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 uterus now the indication of using vancomycin for a gubs it's like uh, when there is sensitivity any kind of resistance if there no like then you use it category of three fetal heart rate racing pattern there are four categories which you say that this could be there are four features four conditions where you say that fetal heart rate testing is of third category first one is absent variability along with recurrent late deceleration next is absent variability plus recurrent variable deceleration third is absent variability plus bradycardia and fourth is sinusoidal pattern in three of them you see absent variability in one of them you have late deceleration recurrent one and another one has recurrent variable deceleration another one has bradycardia and last one is the sinusoidal pattern all these things conditions are associated with fetal apoxia due to uteroplacental insufficiency how will you define a case of postpartum fever so more than equal to 100.4 degree fahrenheit in first 24 hours after delivery so as soon as the baby is delivered within first 24 hours if a patient is having more than equal to 100.4 degree fahrenheit temperature that is postpartum fever management of uncomplicated preterm pre-labor rupture of membrane less than 34 weeks of gestation so if it is less than 34 weeks you will wait okay but you will admit the patient so it is inpatient expectant management you will give prophylactic latency antibiotic corticosteroid and fetal surveillance okay because it is uncomplicated if it was complicated with infection maternal fetal compromise you go for delivery you don't care about the gestational weeks that time now screening for intrauterine uh, infections and uh, also urinary tract infections is done at 12 to 16 weeks of gestation so remember if a patient comes to you at 12 weeks of gestation you have done all the other investigations and stuff and they are asking you what else will you do in this case so you should keep this thing in mind that from 12 to 16 weeks of gestation there is a screening criteria where you have to rule out urinary tract infection indication for transvaginal cervical length measurement it is indicated if there was priors prior cervical surgeries okay then you go for this Management of pyelonephritis and pregnancy. If a patient is having pyelonephritis, that is, there is costovertebral anger tenderness, fever, and uh, all those things. So then you give intravenous antibiotics, but you have to wait for the culture results, okay? So before giving the IV antibiotic, you'll take the blood sample, check the culture, also urine sample, check the culture of the bacteria, and you will identify that, okay, this bacteria is there. After culture, then you start the IV antibiotic, okay? Transition to oral antibiotic if patient remains febrile for 24 to 48 hours. 
so if patient still remains no if patient is afebrile now he is not having fever she is not having fever then you uh, can transition the iv antibiotics to oral antibiotics after 48 hours okay after 2 days renal ultrasonographic uh, symptoms do not if symptoms do not improve even after 42 to 72 hours like 3 days and there is no improvement in the symptoms fever is persistent then you go for renal ultrasound patient with asthma presents with worsening symptoms after years of good control what could be the reason you should ask the patient that have you stopped taking the medication or what cuz if they were under good control they must consider themselves as healthy like they will be thinking like that so you need to rule that out so you will ask them and uh, yeah so you have to check for medication discontinuation complication of pyelonephritis and pregnancy this pyelonephritis can lead to sepsis it can lead to fetal demise it can lead to preterm labor also the baby will have low birth weight and if this infection spreads to the lung also it can lead to ARDS so acute respiratory distress syndrome low birth weight preterm labor all these are the complication of pyelonephritis in pregnancy infant contraindication to breastfeeding there is only one infant contraindication that is galactosemia rest are not contraindication what is maternal contraindication to breastfeeding it is active untreated tuberculosis active varicella infection active herpetic breast lesion active substance use disorder chemotherapy radiation and hiv infection most common pathogen involved in case of pyelonephritis in pregnancy it is e coli okay so e coli is the most common pathogen involved in pyelonephritis in pregnancy okay so yeah if uh, there you see that there is a constant straight line on the like non stress testing you can think about that the fetus might be sleeping that time so you need to check for 40 minutes and if still it is like that then you'll look for other causes now mechanism of liver injury in health syndrome why there is liver injury because there is microthrombi deposition in the hepatic portal vein so hepatic portal vein you see that there is microthrombi deposition which decreases the hepatic perfusions which leads to liver ischemia and also there is hepatocellular injury so microthrombi deposition is the reason postpartum patient with operative vaginal delivery develops a suprapubic pain which is radiating towards the legs while ambulating with a focal tenderness inferior to the bladder what is the diagnosis so if you see that there is focal tenderness it is a specific diagnosis of pubic symphysis diastasis okay so you must keep this thing in mind otherwise you'll think that suprapubic pain there is it is radiating and uh, there there are so many things like nerve compression which you can think about also you can think about the myalgia paresthetica okay because of the lateral femoroacutaneous nerve which could be entrapped in the inguinal ligament but no since there is a focal tenderness which is specific to the location uh, where pubic symphysis lies like inferior to the bladder that means this patient is having pubic symphysis diastasis what could be the risk factors whenever there is a fetal macrosomia multiparity precipitaceous labor or uh, operative vaginal delivery presentation i already mentioned how you going to treat this condition so you have it's just a clinical diagnosis you don't have to do any kind of investigation the treatment is also conservative only drugs are given like nsaids and uh, physical therapy is asked pelvic support is said and after 4 weeks of postpartum the patient mostly recovered by themselves so you don't have to worry about it mechanism of thrombocytopenia in health syndrome it's because of overactivation of the coagulation cascade which leads consumes the platelets and leads to thrombocytopenia and microangiopathic hemolytic anemias 
Patient with intermittent leakage of the clear vaginal fluid which shows the furning pattern on the microscopy in the third trimester. What is the diagnosis? It is that there is a rupture of membrane because furning pattern is consisting consistent with amniotic fluid leakage. What is the cause of the pulmonary edema found in case of preeclampsia? Why there is pulmonary edema? Because of generalized arterial vasospasm leading to increase afterload. So whole body has arterial vasospasm which leads to increase afterloads. Therefore, there is backflow. Backflow leads to accumulation of the blood in the uh, lung veins and uh, arteries. So ultimately, there is an increase in the permeability leading to pulmonary edema. Generalized arterial vasoconstriction leading to increase afterloads. Oligohydroamnios, what is the diagnosis? Amniotic fluid is less than 5 cm and the deepest vertical pocket size is less than 2 cm and the fluid volume is less than 200 ml. Management of placenta accreta diagnosed uh, prenatally if it is diagnosed prenatally then you will have a planned cesarean delivery okay cesarean hysterectomy in situ now what is the cause of seizures caused by oxytocin oxytocin can lead to seizure because it has effects similar to adh adh uh, causes increase in the water resorption which dilutes the sodium and leads to acute hyponatremia which leads to increase of the water into the brain cells and uh, cerebrally demand seizures yeah is a morbidity, morbidly aderent placenta diagnosed after delivery, Remo removal of the placenta should be attempted? False. No, we should not remove it. Okay. Now, missed abortion. What happened to the cervical loss in case of missed abortion? It is like close because you already missed abortion. The baby is out, blood is out, nothing is there, cervix is closed. Okay, there is no bleeding. Okay. And fetal heart rate also is absent. What exactly is a waddling gait and is it normal in pregnancy? So yeah, it is normal in pregnancy. Waddling gait is normal in pregnancy. So sometimes if a patient is having this kind of gait, then it's not always a pathologic diagnosis. It could be a physiologic diagnosis that this patient could be a pregnant woman. Now, pathological cause of twin twin transmissions found in monochorionic twin because of the unbalanced arteriovenous anastomosis between the placental arteries of the donor of the twin with the placental veins of the recipient. So there is artery and vein mixing, anastomosis, which leads to unbalanced transmission. One child is getting more blood, another one is getting less blood. What is the cause of neonatal lupus? So neonatal lupus is due to passive transfer of the maternal antibodies that is NTSSA and NTSSB from the mother to the baby. It is transferred passively okay a fetal finding of the neonatal lupus could be cardiac blockage that is av blockage in the fetus also cutaneous finding could be scalp or periorbital rashes okay you will say there is bradycardia less than equal to 110 of that rates okay next is management of thecal utensils so you don't have to do it results spontaneously after the underlying cause has been treated like multiple gestation or maybe gestational trophoblastic disease something like that Clinical presentation of lupus, I already mentioned. Cardiac finding is fetal AV blockage. Cutaneous finding is scalp or periorbital rash. Clinical features, in case of symmetric uh, growth resection, there is global lag. In asymmetric, there is head sparing lag. Okay, patient with myasthenia gravis, which drug is not given for preeclampsia and which drug is given for seizure prophylaxis in preeclampsia? In myasthenia gravis, you don't give magnesium, you give valproic acid. Next is uh, group B streptococcus is routinely done at 36 to 38 weeks of gestation. Health syndrome can uh, be associated with microangiopathic hemolytic anemia. How are you going to manage a case of hypotension which is caused by epidural anesthesia? 
so epidural anesthesia there you will try to reposition the patient okay to improve the blood supply and mainly towards the left side and then you will give the intravenous bolus fluids and also vasopressors administration so vasopressors is the last resort after epidural anesthesia if the patient is having hypertension then you will replace like positioning and uh, intravenous fluid bolus administrations and vasopressor administration now pregnant patient plus positive gbs culture and uh, dash where you give cefazolin if there is penicillin milder allergy okay what are the risk factors for h mole h mole extremes of ages are the risk factors for h mole and history of h mole previous h mole is again a risk factor for h mole and infertility is also a risk factor for h mole cardiac manifestation of lupus is av blockage yeah patient presenting with urinary positive hsg and abdominal pain and vaginal bleeding but transvaginal ultrasonography is non diagnostic it's a case of ectopic pregnancy the next thing you do is serum beta hcg urine beta hcg is done now you do serum beta hcg okay what is the fetal heart rate tracing in case of neonatal lupus because of the av blockage it, there is it's less than 110 bradycardia uh next step of the management in case with the prior preterm delivery associated with painful contraction okay so the, here the diagnosis is because this patient actually had a prior preterm labor so now you give intramuscular 17 hydroxyprogesterone okay what is the rate of fetal heart rate tracing i already mentioned less than 110 what is doppler sonography of umbilical artery and what is the normal result and what is the abnormal result so doppler sonography of umbilical artery is used to evaluate the umbilical artery flow and result normal is high velocity diastolic flow in umbilical artery so if someone writes down that there is high velocity diastolic flow in the umbilical artery that is perfectly fine okay this child is doing well so high velocity diastolic flow in the umbilical artery is good but if there is any abnormal result like there is decrease absent or reversal of the blood flow in diastolic flow then it's a problem because high velocity is okay low velocity absent velocity reverse velocity is a problem now what is the pathologic cause of post dural puncture headache post dural uh, after dural puncture there is headache why is it so it is an intentional dural puncture csf is leaking low csf pressure is there which leads to slight herniations of the brain and the brain stem that's why it leads to a uh, headache okay because of the loss of the fluid okay clinical presentation there could be postural positional headache next stiffness could be the photophobia diplopia hearing loss tinnitus and it is a self limiting condition how you going to manage this condition you'll give a epidural blood patch if severe epidural blood patch is given for the management of post dural puncture headache okay and clinical presentation of post positional headache next stiffness photophobia diplopia hearing loss tinnitus and self limiting situation it can resolve by itself if you even if you don't give go for epidural blood patch but uh, epidural blood patch is given only when the situation is severe extremely severe a patient is unable to manage the headache yeah that's it for this lecture thank you so much for listening